the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. The Bay Area has a rich diversity of churches and ministries that serve the community in Jesus' name. And here at KFAX, we love to shine a spotlight onto the great things God is doing through the kingdom work of pastors and ministry leaders. We feature a sermon or presentation from that leader to get you better acquainted with churches who will welcome you to worship and ministry opportunities that invite your involvement. Hello and welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. Today we're very happy to have Pastor Tim Russell on today's show. Pastor Timothy and his wife Vanessa Russell are also the hosts of the KFAX program heard every Saturday at noon, Equally Yoked. And Vanessa also hosts the show Abolition Radio heard at 3 o'clock Saturdays on KFAX AM 1100. Pastor Tim Russell's church is New Hope Christian Fellowship, which can be found at 22,110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. They have a Sunday service at 10 a.m. and a special Spanish service held at 2.30 p.m. Wednesday night is Bible study night at 7 p.m. with a general study program the first Wednesday of the month, a woman's study on the second Wednesday, a men's study on the third Wednesday, and home groups held on the fourth Wednesday of every month. Find out more about Pastor Tim and New Hope Christian Fellowship at Hope the number four Hayward.com. That's hope for Hayward.com or at our website, KFAX.com. And now Pastor Tim Russell of New Hope Christian Fellowship on the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday message. With the sermons, get ready for the unbelievable and love and loyalty. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered that she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit but he didn't know that. He did not know that what was inside of her was being birthed to deliver salvation through the kingdom. Can you imagine how he felt? He was perplexed, confused, but he was honorable. He was respectful. I believe this and I'm saying this, that I know we hear about different ones being men after God's own heart. I believe Joseph was a man after God's heart. Because he didn't react. He didn't run at what he was perplexed by. He didn't quit. By right, by legal right, he could have walked away. By legal right, she could have died. Because she was pregnant, he did not know it was by the Holy Spirit. But because he was so connected to God, he rested instead of acting. Let's keep going. Look what else it says. He wasn't, here it is, being a noble man that he was, he wasn't. The Bible says this, look, Joseph's chagrined but noble, plexed but honorable, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be dis. Pastor, why is it that you're so against people being embarrassed for their sin? Right here. We're so quick to put on display who has made an error. We want to sit them down. We want to shame them because we're perplexed. Do I believe in discipline? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do this. There's a degree of discipline. But I'd rather have God's discipline than men's discipline. He was confused, but did not want her to be shamed. He could have got up in the pulpit and preached on her. But he said, I don't want that for, don't, isn't it awesome that, that no matter what we did this week, and let me bless you, from the front row to the back row, what we thought this week, how we gossiped this week, how we lied this week, how we dipped this week, 
how we flipped this week. Cleo said, I didn't flip. I didn't flip this week. I didn't flip. Whatever we did, those secret things that only you and God know about. Come on now. Come on. Those secret things. You may not be sinning the way I'm sinning, but you sinning. Come on. Thank God that we're not sinners. But oh, we struggle in our flesh. Yes, we do. Oh, we struggle some bad. Thank God that when we walk in the church, he doesn't disgrace us. Can you imagine, Saida, if he disgraced us? When we walked in, if he just said there was a voice that spoke, go straight to the altar. Just think if that happened. It would be an empty church. We'd be scared to come in here. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If our attitudes were on display, if what we thought about our wives and husband was on display. Michael, there is a grace upon your life. I just want you to know there is an anointed grace. God gave you an overwhelming amount the day he gave you your queen. I just want you to know. (laughs) She's I tell him that all the time. All right. Look what he says. Look what he says. He did not want to disgrace her. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, son of promise. Don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. Now, you know what it took to believe that. That had never happened before. Part of our problem is, is God says stuff to us, whether through our prayer or in a dream or through someone that's so unbelievable that you can't receive it. And because you can't receive the unbelievable, the unbelievable can't happen. You want to say it again? Okay. Because you can't receive the unbelievable that has been spoken to you, whether in a dream, whether in a vision, whether by someone God sent, because you cannot believe the unbelievable. It's blown your mind. It's bigger than what you ever imagined. Because you can't believe the unbelievable, the unbelievable cannot happen. Oh, man, don't just read the scripture. Believe it. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. It's unbelievable what he's getting ready to do. The reason why you and a Honda is being, and ain't nothing wrong with a Honda. I'm just using this as an analogy. The reason why you was in a Honda is because when somebody said you should buy a Lexus, you're like, girl, uh-uh. it was so unbelievable to you that you only went to the Honda dealership. Because you can't see yourself in the unbelievable. The reason why you're so negative every time somebody walks by. Hi, what's your name? What you want? What? Mm -mm. I just like to talk to you for for what? What you want to talk? Because you can't believe the unbelievable. Because the enemy has lied to you so much and told you how used up you are that you can't believe that something great can come into your life. So unless it's thuggish, you can't receive it. Nah, girl, uh-uh, he's too square. What you're really saying is he's better than I could ever imagine happening. Nah, he reads too well. Girl, he can count. His priorities are together. He didn't have no job and $400 shoes on. He got a job and $20 shoes on. His priorities are together. Nah, that's not for me. What you're really saying is unbelievable. Men, we the same way. We can't believe it. She smiled at you and you don't know what the... It's unbelievable. Why she want to ask you to dance? 
no rhythm. <laughs> and you can't believe it. Because we've been conditioned to only believe the believable. That's why they were so amazed when Jesus was walking on the water. It was unbelievable. When he took two fish and five loaves of bread and fed and they had leftovers, it was unbelievable. When he showed up to the grave after Lazarus had been dead for four days and he shows up and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Lazarus comes for it's unbelievable. But guess what? We serve a God of the unbelievable. So if it's believable, it ain't God. He got something bigger for you. You can rest in the believable, have a good life in the believable, but the unbelievable that's coming, if you just wait on the Lord, it's hard to wait, but wait on the Lord, be of good courage, the unbelievable is coming. Richard, when did you marry your wife? How many years ago? 14 years ago. 14 years ago. Richard told me, when we were sitting down talking, he says, when I met my wife and married my wife, I grew up. That's what he said. It was his own word. I grew up. I became the man that I was called to be. I grew up. What's awesome about that is he didn't meet her at 18. I know he looks only 32 back there, but he didn't meet her (laughs) at 18. He met her after going through his own valleys in life. And what if he would have rejected the unbelievable? Mom, this is too good for me. What if she would have rejected the unbelievable? No, surely this is not the one. But it's the unbelievable, just like Joseph here. He had a dream that Mary's pregnancy was spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit had made her pregnant. This is what the angel had said. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, Joseph, you will name him Jesus, which means God saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. You will name him. Now, now by right, because Jesus was born before or after Mary and Joseph were married by legal right. I want you to see this by adoption. This is so awesome. By adoption, he was in Joseph's family line. So by adoption, he was in the line of David. Remember, the prophecy came forth when when God spoke to David. He said, and David, I am establishing your throne and I will not turn my back on you like I did Saul. I will not turn my back on you. I will establish your throne forever. So through the line of David, here comes Jesus by adoption through Joseph. But in Luke, the third chapter, we find out through the bloodline, Mary. I want y'all to see this. Look at this. When God, when I said the full plan of salvation, I want you to understand this, the full plan. By adoption, Gentile. By blood, Jew. So the reason why we can sit here and praise God is because by adoption, we've been brought in and we inherit what should only be for the bloodline. But even in the full plan of salvation, through the legal right, oh, you need to learn how to tell the devil. See, here's the problem. We let the devil punk us. We need to take on the attitude of David. You t- you go, go try to convince David and Natasha they ain't going home with us. Try to convince us that convince them that they ain't a part of our family. They will laugh at you. They will get mad. And when they get mad, they'll come to their parent and say, can you tell them to stop messing with me because I am who I am? The problem is we let the devil punk us. He punks us in the morning. He punks us in the afternoon. He punks us in the evening. And we go to bed wondering, is God for me? I'm not sure. Is he against me? I wonder what's going on. Am I here? 
And instead of having an attitude where we tell the devil, I don't care what you say. I have legal right to call those things that are not as though they already are. I have legal right to lay hands on my family and watch them recover. I have legal right. I have access to the kingdom. As a matter of fact, the same spirit. Can you imagine? We argue with one another. We need to change and channel that arguing that we do with one another. We get so irritated with one another, but the devil just got free ride. We never get irritated with him. We never argue with him. Can you imagine arguing with the devil the way you argue with your family or the way you argue with somebody at church? Have an attitude with him the way you have an attitude with somebody. Call him a name the way you call your family a name or your friends a name. If we can learn how to argue back at the devil, and a devil, you are a liar. And when you're really serious, you're you going you to lose all that proper English. You go, devil, you're a lie. I know who I am. I know who I am. And as a matter of fact, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of me. How dare you tell me my son's going to die? How dare you tell me my daughter ain't going to make it out of her mouth? How dare you tell me my husband ain't going to ever stand and lift up his head? Do you know who I am? I'm a child of the king. He can heal any disease. He can mend any broken heart. He can regulate any mind. So look what it says here. Because I got to get to something. I want to say something. Look at this. All right. So when I was seeing that, I was like, oh, he came to save us. He came to adopt us and through the bloodline, reveal to them why he was here. Look what he says. I'm going to try to do this in a few minutes. To sin is to do something. He came to, look, he came to save us from our sins. Let me help you. To sin is to do something whether in thought. Well, brother, I didn't act on it. You should have. Just go ahead and do it. You thought it. You thought it. So look, to sin is to do something whether in thought or word. Think about what we do. We think it and we go, man, if I had the opportunity, oh, boy, we say it. Come on now. Now we text it. Come on. Just, just come on. Come on. We can look down on the people that's doing it, but we thought it and we said it. And then we have to go, JK, you was not kidding. Do something, whether in thought, word, or deed, action, that contradicts I was blown away by this, Janae. I thought it was going to say that contradicts God's plan for my life. But watch what it says here. Word, thought, or deed that contradicts God's perfect character. I'm sinning all the time. Just <laughs> Thomas, you know how I, I know my thoughts are not always a reflection of his character. I know my words are not always a reflection of his character. I know what I do is not always a reflection of his character. So therefore, I can say like Paul, when I want to do good, I'm always acting out of God's character. When I want to do good, evil is always present. Why? Because I find myself always acting out of God's character. His perfect and holy Character. God, just reveal your, see, we always say this, God, reveal your plan and purpose in my life. But no, before you reveal your purpose and plan, reveal your character in my life. Because God, if I'm not walking in your character, I'm going to jack up my purpose. Matter of fact, I'm going to be a mess in my, in my purpose. And this is, Pastors, pastors, if you're ever invited out to conferences and, you, and people say, what do you want? What does the Lord want us to hear? This is what God wants us in this age, in this time. It's for us to chase after his character. 
We want the purpose. We want the car. We want the house. We want the family. But God says, oh, that is nothing. Do you know I can give that to you like that? But if you desire my character, women, I, don't, I know it feels good to, for someone to say, you're beautiful. She's fine. She looks good. But what's greater than all of that is for someone to say, that's a woman of God. Man, it feels good to pull up with the window down, lean it out, throwing up two fingers. But it's even better for them to say, that guy there, that's a man of God. How do you know? By his character. The character of God is in his life. What is this? Now, what is this? Sin cannot go unpunished. Why did Jesus come? Why did he come? That we might have life and that much more abundantly. But how? By becoming the sacrifice for sin. Because sin cannot go unpunished. Don't get nervous. I'm sinning still. Just relax. Because when he died, and we'll talk about this on Friday night. When he died, he died for past, present, and future. We weren't even there yet. 2,000 years ago when he died, he was dying for us that's coming. He died for those that had already gone, and he was dying for those that were gazing upon the cross. He died for past, present, and future. God's not shocked at your sin. Man is. (gasps) But God's never in that place because what's before him is the cross. He sees what Christ did for you and I. So look at this. Look at this. Sin could not go unpunished because we sinned against an infinite. I want you to catch this. this I, Ray, I'm sorry I didn't get this to you. This is, this is something that should be up on the screen. But look at this. Because we sinned against an infinite God. God catch this. Because we sinned against an infinite God, two things, one or the other had to happen. Either a finite person, us, you or I, had to pay for the sin for an infinite amount of time. You'll see this. Because we sinned against an infinite God, either a finite, a person, you or I, had to pay for the sin for an infinite amount of time eternally or an infinite person had to pay for a finite time. God so loved us so much and wanted relationship with you that he decided that the infinite would come to the finite and die so that the finite, you and I, could become infinite in him. Go, go, go real quick. Go real quick to John. John 1, 14. Look what it says here. It says, and, and let's break this down so we can see it. The word, the infinite. Remember, see, somebody says, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one according to the scripture. The Word became flesh. If you read John, the first chapter, read it from the beginning, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. As a matter of fact, it goes on to say that there was not anything made that was not made by the Word. Look at this, look at this. The Word then, in the 14th verse says, became flesh, became flesh and blood. The infinite, the boundless, would you see this? The boundless, the infinite became flesh, became flesh, and moved into the neighborhood. When certain people move into the neighborhood, they change the value of the neighborhood. Either it goes down 
or it goes up. The infinite moved into the finite neighborhood and caused the neighborhood's value to go up. He moved into the neighborhood with the mindset of, I've come to make all things new. What he says, we saw, we, the finite, you and I, flesh and blood, saw the glory of the infinite with our own eyes. Somebody, see, I love this story about when Jesus laid hands on the man and, he, and, he, and he, the blind man and said, see, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees. And immediately people say, Jesus made a mistake. He had to lay hands on him again. Jesus doesn't make mistakes. What he was trying to do was cause the finite to see the infinite level. The, there's things God wants to show you, but you're not ready to see them. He, see, he was trying to show them nations. He said, I, I see men as nations. I see us in our rightful play, but he couldn't see it. So God had to lower the expectation of what he could see so that he could see men as men rather than as nations. God opened my eyes so I can see the unbelievable and not be shocked at what you're doing because what you're doing is beyond my imagination. We saw the glory with our own eyes. The one of a kind glory. Like father, like son. Generous inside and out. True from start to finish. He that began. This is something close. He that began. Again, this is passion. We will be preaching this all week. He that began the work in you will perform it. He's not done. He's going to continue to lift you up, to raise the value of your neighborhood because he did not come for you to stay the same. He came that you might have life and beyond your imagination that much more abundantly. He came for you and I to see his glory. And not just see it, to become one with it. Oh, let me say it again. Not just see it, to become one with it. How do I protect my destiny? By being disciplined and staying focused. One of the hardest things for us as Christians to do is to remain focused. Things come to pull me to the left or to pull me to the right. The spirit of distraction is real. Byron, I love Pastor Byron. I love this guy. Pastor Byron, the enemy has studied you. As a matter of fact, he's studying you right now. And he's trying to figure out a way to distract you based on what he knows about you. He knows what you struggle in. He knows what you get extremely excited about. He knows what you get extremely depressed about. So he sits there and he studies you. He studies you. He's watching you. Let me figure you out. Okay. Let me figure you out. And once I know it, then I'm going to try to use the intel that I have to distract you, to frustrate you, to discourage you, to try to get you back to that place where you're resting on the lie rather than the truth or the promise. He's studying you. He's studying you. He's studying you trying to figure out how he can present an accusation to God about you. Let me study you so I can go to before God and accuse you. I'm going to accuse them today. Go ahead and get your praise on. But come Monday morning, I'm going to be before God and I'm going to accuse you. Come on now. Come on. That's okay. I got the blood of Jesus. Go to 
Proverbs. We're going to switch between Proverbs, the third chapter, and Psalms 133, 119, 33, and 40. So we're going to jump between Proverbs 3 Proverbs 3, 1. We're going to jump between Proverbs 3 and 1. Or, and we're going to jump also to Psalms 119, 33 through 40. I want you to see this because I want you to understand this. Look what it says here. Good friend, Proverbs 3 and 1. Good friend, don't forget all I've taught you. Proverbs 3 and 1. I love this because I'm reading this as if God is speaking it to me. It's a proverb given by God, written by man, but I'm looking at this as this is what God is saying to me. Good friend. And the reason why I'm jumping on this because in John, the 15th chapter, he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Because a servant does not know what his master's doing. But I've invited you in to show you exactly what I'm doing because I call you my friend. Now, don't forget what I show you. Don't forget what I've taught you. Stay in the game. Know your assignment. Know how the enemy works. Know your weapon which is not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. Don't forget what I've taught you. All right, let's go to Psalms 119 real quick. Let's jump there, 119, 33. Look what he said here. Look what the writer saying here. God, teach me lessons for living. Say that with me. God, teach me lessons for living. Now, I want you to understand something. God wants you to live and not die. God wants you to live and not die. Any feeling of death, any feeling of falling apart, any feeling of I'm about to lose my mind is not coming from God. It's not coming from the one who created you. It's coming from the one who's out to get you. Because God wants you to live and not die. Look at somebody and say, live and die. Come on, I mean, I mean, look at them and, and, and do like Susan just did. Have a little sass. So live and not die. God, teach me lessons. Now, since you know he wants you to live and not die, and he wants you to stay the course, be willing to accept the lesson. Sometimes the lesson if I can say the word of Linda, it's going to piss you off. She's also sorry. No, I love it. You Now, come on now. You speak in my language. But for some of you, they're like, why do you say The lesson's going to upset you. You're not going to always hear what you want to hear. Some stuff is going to rub you the wrong way because it's going to go against the grain of your flesh. Love your enemy. What? That's not how I roll. They have not said I'm sorry yet. I'm not ready to do that. But God, teach me lessons. Forgive so that I can be forgiven. What? That ain't even fair. I ain't done nothing. What do you mean forgive so I can be forgiven? Lord, teach me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. Your word is a lamp to my and a light unto my. Come on, your word is a lamp unto my and a light unto my. God, I need you to lead me down the paths of what? Righteous. For what? Your name's sake. The steps of a good man are what? I cannot do this thing without you. So teach me lessons. That I might stay the course because without you, God, I'm going to get off track because I know Tim. I know Tim. And then some of you need to know, I know Tim and Daddy Russ is always trying to step up and take back over. 
Oh, I have about 12 Daddy Russ moments a day. But God, teach me lessons where I can turn to Daddy Russ and say, get behind me, Satan. And I can stay the court because Daddy Russ want to fight. Daddy Russ want to cheat. Daddy Russ see something walking by and he be like, oh, That don't happen that much, baby. That don't happen that much, baby. Jesus. It's when you walk by, baby. It's when you walk by. He's cleaning it up. Daddy Russ got to get put in the place. Daddy Russ don't want to tie. Daddy Russ want to leave when the wife says something Daddy Russ don't like. So just go get you a room for the night. But I got to be able to turn to Daddy Russ because the Lord has taught me lessons and say, get behind me, Satan. flesh don't want to pray. Our flesh don't want to seek God. Our flesh don't want to stay in the word of God. Our flesh don't want that. And we have to be able to turn to it because guess what? We already know the end result of those things is death. But boy, they feel good when they pop up. But I got to stay the course because God has taught me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. Next verse. Look what it says. Look what it says. Give me insight. Remember, we talked about uh, in, in Ephesians, the first chapter, we talked about this, how God says, ask him. Ask me for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ephesians 1, 16, 17, that ask God for the, actually, I'm not going to tell you no more. You got to look it up. Search the scripture. Look at this. He says this. Ask me for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know the hope of his calling. It talks about God opening the eyes of your heart. Give me insight. Lord, help me understand what's good and what's not good. I trust you so much. Set off alarm. How many have this? How many get alarms that just go off in your life when you know something's entering in that's not of God? I mean, alarms just start going off. You get uneasy. Sometimes we push through that uneasiness, though, huh? We just go, I'm just going. We... We feel the relationship. We got red flags. There's so many red flags. It look like you in blood territory. Just, just. But you press through it anyway because like me once, you get arrogant and you feel like I can fix anything. And God has said, I'm trying to give you insight. But you push through it. But look what he says. Give me insight so I can do what you tell me. Jesus is on the cross. Let me show you what insight does. I don't know about you all. Pinch me and I'm getting down. Pinch me. I mean, bump me. If I saw the hammer, I'm good. 10,000 angels come. I'm done. They laid him down. And they put spikes into his hand parts. I want you to see, can you imagine? If anybody's worked in any kind of carpentry, to have spikes, you gotta have a big hammer. You can't have one of those little hammers you buy at Ace Hardware Store. Can you imagine him laying there after carrying this thing? He lays down and they pick the spike up. They pick up the big they place it there and to know it's coming and to see them come down, bam, and it go into your body. And the Bible says he didn't utter a word. Then when they're done with this hand, they go to this one. And when they're done with this one, then they go to the feet. 
Then they yank him up in the air to the point where his rip, his flesh ripped even the more as they slammed him into the ground. How was he able to do that for you and I? And I don't know about you, when I'm in pain, don't talk to me. Hush! You got somebody on one side talking about, if you be the Christ, get down and let us down. Leave me alone. Don't say nothing to me right now. I'm dealing with my pain. He didn't say none of that. Then I'm in my pain and here comes somebody else talking about, remember me. Man, I'm trying to remember myself. <laughs> but he had, he had so much love. He said, today, You'll be with me in paradise. And I can only imagine that, that with those hands that were, that, that were bloody and, and, and nailed, he used his finger and pointed and said, today you will be with me in paradise. And I thought, how was he able to do this? He had insight. I can't make it past the tomb. I'm going to pray for insight for you. You know why? Because the Bible said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He had some insight that kept him there. He saw you, Chris. He said, if I get down, Chris will never get saved. Josh, he saw you. If I get down, and destroy the world, then Joshua never gets saved. Beaver, he saw you on the rooftops of Mervyn. If I, if I, if I get down, Beaver will never get saved. He had insight. Because of the insight, he was able to do what God said do. Dad's favorite scripture, one of his favorite scriptures, I only do what the Father says do. I only say what he says. How? Because I got insight. All right? Bow your heads real quick and say, Lord, give me insight so that I can do what you tell me to do. Look at this. He says this. He said, I want my whole life one long obedient response to you. I don't want to live this life anymore, Susan, rejecting what he tells me. I want my life to be one long response of obedience where you lead me. Remember we used to sing that song back then, where you lead me, I'll follow. I want my life to be one long obedient response to what he says. Go right, I'm going right. Go left, I'm going left. Stop, I'm stopping. Wait, I'm waiting. Move forward, I'm moving forward. I want my life to be, I want God to say this. Excuse me while I just get spiritually emotional here. I want God to say this. I trust him. I don't, I don't want heaven to say, well, I don't know about Tim, but hopefully. I want God to say, I trust him. I trust that if faced with me or anything else, he will always choose me. Come hell or high water, he will always look to the hills from which cometh his help. His help comes from me. He doesn't lean on his own understanding. He trusts me. I want God to have confidence in me. That even in my worst moment, I can still say Jesus is Lord. In my highest place, I can still say Jesus is Lord. I don't care how drunk you get. I want him to trust you. That even in your drunken state, you can say, 
but Jesus is Lord. And I fall asleep, I'm sorry. In the midst of rolling it up, what you doing, man? I, Jesus is Lord, though. <laughs> see somebody, see, see, see people like, wow, really? I, Jesus is Lord, period. And I don't care. I, y'all just don't know where I've been. When I talk about he never left me nor forsook me, he was there where I was. How do you think I came out of it? I would have never made it out of the stuff I was in. He came into where I was and led me by the hand out of my own death. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody that knows he went to where you were at? You were shooting, you were smoking, you were drinking, you were doing all kinds of stuff. Laying with this one, laying with that one, laying with this one. You were laying with stuff you can't even pronounce. And he came in where you were and said, come to me. I'm going to give you insight for living. And you know what? I'd rather have those kind of Christians than the ones that grew up in church all their life and learned how to fake it. (laughs) Know how to cover their sin where nobody sees it. Know how to dress up animosity and unforgiveness and bitterness. I'd rather have the Christian to be like, don't say nothing to me. I ain't, I, I, I'm just here because my mama made me come to church. Now, I, I wish she would come over here and lay hands on me. You better not come with a prophetic word to me. I'd rather have that kind of person because once they give their life to God, you talk about a soldier in the army of the Lord. Woo! Go to the next verse. Look at this. Only got a few minutes. Look what it says. All right. Huh? <laughs> Look at this. He says, give me insight. What's the next verse? All right. Guide me down the road of your commandments. I love traveling this freeway. Guide me down this road of your commandments. I love traveling this. Free- oh, let me embrace God. What you're telling me to do, because you said you are my disciples because you do what I say. Oh, let's go back to Proverbs three. Good friends. Don't forget all I've taught you. We're just learning some stuff here. Take heart to my commands. They they'll help you live a long, long time, a long life lived full and well. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Oh, when I looked at this and it's capitalized, Cindy, it's capitalized. You see that? Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Kevin, come here. Where's my Kevin? Kevin, Kevin, big country, come here. Pastor Victor, come here real quick, Pastor Victor. I need some love and loyalty real quick. Love, loyalty, love. Come on. I want every one of you to see yourself in the middle. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You have love that's unconditional over your life. But you don't know where I've been. I got love that's unconditional. Matter of fact, he knew I was going to do it before I did it. He's been there when everyone else turned their back on me. He was there when I walked into some of the darkest places. Stuff that I'm ashamed about, even talking about, stuff about my past, I can tell him all about it because he was there with me. And his love covered me. His love covered a multitude of my sins. So the enemy says, okay, okay. Tim feeling himself right now because he realizes the love and the loyalty he has in God. So what I got to do to Tim is separate him from love 
and loyalty. I got to make him feel alone and I got to make him feel unloved. Am I, am I talking to anybody in here? Am I talking to anybody in here? How many has experienced the enemy trying to tell you you ain't loved? How many have experienced the enemy trying to tell you that you by yourself, it's all on you, nobody got your back, you got to figure this thing out on your own, nobody loves you, look at you, nobody wants you and your bad credit, nobody wants you and your broke down car, nobody wants you and your one outfit, nobody wants you and your past, you got more kids and you got fingers, ain't nobody wants you. Nobody want to love you. The enemy trying to convince me that I'm worthless, that I don't have a future, that nobody thinks good about me. And every time I'm trying to let go, the grip of loyalty gets tighter. The grip of love gets tighter. Not too tight, Kevin. You're my, my blood, sir. You're cutting off my blood, Kevin. You're cutting off my... Come on, Kevin. You just see my fingers getting blue, Kevin? Come on, calm down, Kevin. Every time I'm trying to let go... It gets tighter. Every time I want to give up and have a pity party, love lifts me up. Remember that song, Love Lifted Me? When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Every time I'm feeling my worst, loyalty shows up and says, I'm here and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, And loyalty and love reminds me and constantly tells me nothing can separate you from me. And I'm like, but you don't know, I'm feeling so bad on this day. But nothing can separate you from me. You've been listening to Pastor Tim Russell of New Hope Christian Fellowship on the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday message. Find New Hope Christian Fellowship at their address, 22,110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Find out more about Pastor Tim Russell at their website, hopeforhayward.com. That's hope, the number four, hayward.com. Or at our website, kfax.com, where you can also find links to podcasts of this program and Pastor Tim's show, Equal yoked, as well as his wife Vanessa's show, Abolition Radio. I'm Mike Matthews. Join us here again next week for the Ministry of the Week Sunday message on AM 1100 KFAX. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.